want to be the best. I want to be the best. Simple as playing. That's why I play the game. But to be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. What's going on, family? I hope everybody's out there having a blessed day today. Just want to get up here at the top of the pod and let everybody know this was a great podcast that we did with our guy JJ from the Sports Town Podcast. Make sure you go check out JJ and all of his content, man. In this episode, we talk about playoffs. We talk about some key games that, we, that we're looking forward to, some previous series. We talk about who potentially could be the MVP for next season, man. We talk about it all. So I'm happy you guys are here to stay tuned for this episode, man. Got a lot, a lot into this jam-packed episode. And for some context, this was recorded right after that Suns blowout on su- on Sunday, May 15th. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And all right, y'all. Alrighty, I am pleased to be joined by John and Justin of the Clutch Talk podcast. Again, thanks for coming on, guys. What's going on, Thanks. JJ? How you doing, man? I am doing great. How's it going with you guys? Going well, man. We're glad to be on here, talk talk some playoff basketball. Unfortunately, we saw two game sevens that weren't very close, so that, that was kind of a letdown. But, but I'm doing good, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I was a little disappointed, too, because I thought both games would be at least a lot better, at least by like 10 points would be the outcome. Instead, it was by like mm-hmm. at least 20 and 30. So before we start talking about those, um, if you want to talk more about your podcast, it's, it's we I know it's like it's basketball, mostly NBA. But if you want to talk more about your podcast to let the other or to let the listeners know. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, like like how you said in the beginning, John, my 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 brother Justin, we uh, we're the hosts of the Clutch Talk podcast. Uh, we're, we're consistently every week dropping two podcasts per week, man. Uh, full of just jam packed information. During the season, we do a little bit of uh, you know short bids. Uh, short bit is episodes and then a longer episode but right now during playoffs we're just pushing grinding out these episodes watching these games man but definitely man i mean we, we're happy to be here for all the people listening uh you know to to, to my, my my boy jj's podcast definitely come check us out uh it's at clutch talk pod on instagram twitter tiktok everything man check us out but i'm just i'm just ready to talk some hoops with you jj all right. Again, I'm I'm pretty excited as well. So let's start. Let's jump on to the uh, well. Let's talk about the latest game recently. Now, at the time of this recording, it was Sunday night. Um, but what did you think about the Suns and Mavs game? Because I was very disappointed. I thought the Suns were going to win that. That was the complete opposite. Uh, but let's. What did you guys think about that game overall? Um. First of all, I just I. I you know, John had had them as his Western Conference as as favorites. I didn't. I had my well. First of all, I'm, I'm. I'll just start off by saying I'm a Warrior fan. So I see the effort and energy it takes to not only get the number one seed but the best record. That takes a lot of time and energy. And what I saw, we saw from the Phoenix Suns, it just seemed like number one they ran out of gas. But from their primary playmaker and Chris Paul, 37, it just seems like as soon as you know you saw the statistic. He had 27 points and I believe 26 turnovers um, since he turned 37. But I think a lot of it wasn't due to age, but the time and mileage and energy that it took from that whole run of being the best team in the league. And we saw that tonight, game seven. They just were flat. I don't know if they're pressing. They're at home. They just looked like they didn't have that edge. They didn't have the energy to come out there and compete tonight. And the best player in the floor Luca, the best player in the series, arguably in the playoffs, in my opinion, took over and the Suns just had no answer um, and no punch back. 
Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, Jay, you 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 said it best, my my, my brother. Uh, the, the the Suns just honestly came uh came out extremely flat. I remember uh you know in the first quarter watching the Suns really struggle to uh, uh really struggle to get off to get off to a good offensive start, and I'm thinking to myself like, oh no, you know the 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 Suns are going to be able to pick it up. You know, it's a, this is a game full of runs, but they never did. They really never did. I remember uh in the first, I was I was thinking to myself like, man, you know, D books, you know, taking a little bit of time to get going. But then one thing that I noticed that I want to talk to you guys about is I just feel like D book CP and really Aiden weren't really as aggressive as they should have been. I saw in the first, in the first quarter, I saw a lot of shots coming from Jay Crowder, a lot of shots coming from Cam Johnson. I mean, no disrespect with Bismack Biombo, but I mean, in a game seven, in this altitude of this moment, man, I think players like D book need to show up. And, and I mean, Jay, you, you, you said it best, man. Luca said, I'm the best player on this in the series, uh, maybe even in the playoffs. And I'm putting my stamp on it, man. At our podcast, we all, we often say sometimes in the game sevens, the best player just has to take over and say, I'm the best player. And unfortunately, Devin Booker just honestly failed to the occasion. Yeah, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. And, and when, when the game started, it started off as I think both teams kind of started struggling a little bit from, you know, just shooting or whatever. But it seemed like the uh, the Suns were missing a lot of easy layups, bunnies, basically. You saw Booker missed a few, Aiton missed a few. And I think Crowder hit like three or four threes right off the bat. And I think he was one for four to start. And that's not like Jay Crowder is a good bat, is a good player, right? He's 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 a good player, but he should be the ones taking, he shouldn't be the one taking the first four shots or whatever. So that worried me a little bit. But yeah, I thought the Suns would, you know, bounce back. They were the best team in, you know, in the league, had the best record. And I thought they were going to overall win the, the win the whole thing, but that completely that just did not happen. So it was very disappointing to see that. And I think was it Cam Johnson led the Suns in the first half with seven points. But yeah, I mean, he led, he led the game, though, also as well. Led the game, <laughs> led the game, which is which is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, when you would have scored 27 points in the first half after that, I said that the game's over. I mean, there was literally no way they could come back unless something, you know, a miracle happened. And that would have been especially with how good Luca and the Mavs are playing. Um, so let's, you know. You guys mentioned that Luca was like best, basically the best player in this series. Did you think there was a chance, or do you think there's a chance that the Mavs can actually beat the Warriors? Which I don't think there. I don't know if there's really a that great of a chance. But what do you think the or Do you think the Mavs can actually, you know, threaten the Warriors in the conference finals? I, yeah, I, I think absolutely. Um, when you look at the the way. And and this is me coming from a Warrior fan. When I saw the two between the two matchups, I thought this thought the Suns were a better matchup for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And here's why: is because number one, the Warriors pride themselves on switching and the ability to switch. And the Suns, the way that they score is a lot of a lot of times exploiting um, switches and mismatches. And I thought comfortably the Warriors could guard one through five, you know, at least decently. You know, obviously GP two being out, but I'm completely comfortable with Kavon Ludi switching out to a guard, if that be the case, or Draymond Green, you know, his switching presence, his ability to cover multiple guys on possession and to get into DeAndre Ayton's, um, um, his presence in his physical space and kind of body him up. But then I look at where the Warriors struggle on the, on the flip side, and that's against length athleticism. We've seen in the first um, two series, they're they're not taking care of the ball. They're turning the ball over, especially was blatant um, in the last series 
when Memphis's Memphis's athleticism completely bothered the Warriors. A lot of it was uncharacteristic turnovers, unforced, but I think a lot of it due was the length and athleticism of Memphis. And what does Dallas have? What is their strengths? They have players. They have a lot of athleticism. Number two or number one, obviously, they have a player who can get his own. He can take over the game. And Luka, similar to Ja, what they struggled with, that point of attack defense, and especially with Gary Payton the second out, I think Lucas creates a serious problem on the perimeter for the Warriors. So I think that that alone will allow the the Mavericks to have a chance. I'm not I'm not going to say right now they're going to win it, but I think they can at least get a couple games right now. Um, just with those um, deficiencies that the Warriors that they can exploit. But I don't know, John, how you feel about it? Yeah. So for 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 me, I'm actually I'm actually on, on the opposite end of things. I think that the Warriors are gonna uh, handily really be able to take care of the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, not only are the Warriors uh, really a, a better team, but more than anything, man, I really I want to I want to think to this. You know, uh, in that last series, uh, I believe Curry. I don't want to misquote him, but he said something along the lines of like the the Grizzlies. No, they're young guys. Like they don't really like they don't really know like what we got and all we can do. And Curry even said, I believe it was prior to game six, he says like, when we come out game six, we're going to show you all that we can do. And that's exactly what they did, man. And I'll be even real. Like at first, I didn't even really believe him. I was like, well, there's only three, three, uh, there's only three champions on that team. The rest of the players haven't really been there, but they really proved it though. They, they generally prove it. And I think that that was that experience that took over in that, in, in that game, uh, in that game six for them to be able to uh, for the worst, to be able to beat the Grizzlies. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this, in this Dallas Mavericks series more than anything, because Matt Luca and that entire really Mavs team, maybe even besides just Jay kid is that they, they don't got deep, deep playoff championship, a uh, uh, deep, playoff or either championship experience at all man and i just think that th- that that's going to get exploited by not only a, a great team in the warriors but also a great coach man and but while we're while we're talking about coaching real quick man shout out jason kidd man i just i, I have to give him some praise i know a lot of the people, native the, the native huh jay jay's from jay's from oakland man so we gotta always put on for the bay area man you know we out here in the bay so uh jay J- jason kidd man just uh, one of those one of those coaches, in my opinion, is going to go down as one of just the gr- not the greatest coach, but a great X is a no coach, man. He knows how to get it done. I don't think anybody really had the Mavericks, uh, the Mavericks taking taking this series and for him to be able to, to do that is big, man. But I, I think that the Warriors are going to are going to handle the handle the Mavs. And I think in a, in a I think a, actually a Suns versus Warriors series would have been, I think, what everyone what everyone wanted us wanted to see, mm-hmm. man. I mean, that was to be that, that was to be real. It like what the final should have been, man. If if the Warriors wasn't in the West and the Suns wasn't in the West, but man, I think that I think this is gonna be gonna be a good series, uh, Warriors versus Dallas. But I think the Warriors gonna be able to handle it in like five. Well, speaking of Jason Kidd, and it's kind of it's interesting how Jason Kidd wasn't in the Coach of the Year discussion, and Monty Williams should have won it because they did have the best record, but he wasn't even in the Coach of the Year discussion. And in his first year, he leads him all the way to the conference finals, which is pretty good. Man. Now. I don't think he's going to end up beating Golden State. I think this series is its not going to be a sweep because we all know Luka's probably not going to allow that to happen. Um, but even if Luka plays well, I don't think they have enough. If you look at that team, they only really have one superstar, and that's Luka, right? I mean, Jalen Brunson is serviceable, right? And he's solid. I guess he's better than serviceable. He's a nice number two option. But in, in today's game, you basically need two superstars in order to win, win it all, basically. And the Warriors technically have... I guess you you wouldn't necessarily say Draymond Green is a superstar, but Steph Curry is a superstar. Klay Thompson's a superstar. Jordan Poole is becoming that type of player. 
And I just don't know if the war at the Mavs have enough. Like I think the Suns would have had enough if they would end up winning, of course, which they did not. But I think overall it's going to probably be five games. I think the Warriors are going to take care of them. I think most of the games are going to be good. But again, and the same thing too with experience. The Warriors have so much more experience than the you know Mavs. I mean, Jason Kidd in his first year as head coach. I think this is Steve Kerr's like seventh or eighth year. So I just I can't really see the Mavs winning. If they go to six or seven games, I say that is a win for the Mavericks, especially next year when they get into the playoffs. But uh, yeah, again, give credit to or give credit to Luca and give uh, you know uh, credit to Jason Kidd and what the Mavs were able to do. Now um, let's go. Actually, let's go to the next series or the other series that happened on Sunday with the Celtics and Bucks. The Celtics finish out the Bucks. Um, did you guys think the Celtics were going to win on Sunday? Hey, I'll say this. I had Celtics in seven. I knew the series was going was going seven. I had Celtics in seven. Um, as the series went on, like I said this before the series game one even started. I said Celtics in seven. As the series went on, I really, really thought about I thought I thought about switching ships. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I just couldn't go to the Bucks because I think at the end of the day, that game seven is where I just alluded to. It comes down to star power and getting it done and not having Chris Middleton, your number one primary offensive creator out there, uh, your go-to guy, your clutch guy. You know, we know, we know what Giannis does, but he's not the go-to guy on that team and taking him out of the lineup. Uh, I mean, we've seen those Drew holidays and, um, and, and, and Giannis pick and rolls and those, and those are great. Now, can you imagine adding a shooter like Chris Middleton into that, man? That just it just makes it a whole nother thing, man. So, un- unfortunately, um, I, I uh, the Bucks didn't win, man, because I really wanted to see Bucks versus Suns again. Yeah. I mean, a great cha- would have been a great uh, finals rematch, but uh, but yeah, I I had the Celtics winning. Uh, Jay, talk to, talk to me. Yeah, so yeah, I, I originally had this the Celtics winning for the number for that reason that John spoke about, and that was their versatility, their ability to, number one, offensively attack um, attack in multiple ways, that being with Jason Tatum, um, uh, Jalen Brown, and then the rest of, uh, rest of the Celtics who can knock down shots um, when they're open. But then throughout the series, I just saw Giannis, you know, taking over um, at, at opportune times, the rest of the, the Bucks taking over. And then I thought after, you know, game five, that Milwaukee might have a chance to close it out because they got two opportunities to get one. So I thought, you know, the defending champions, they're going to be able to get it done. Ultimately, they didn't. But I look at number one, you know, I think Mike, Mike Budenholzer, he's a, he's a championship coach, but he has his deficiencies. And I think his stubbornness was one of the reasons that they didn't get the chance to be in the game. You know, they were in the game a little bit here and there today, um, tonight, as we, as we recorded it, but I think if they Brooke Lopez was the ultimate downfall, I think in game seven, um, allowing the Celtics just to take three after three when Grant Williams is left to open multiple times in that drop coverage. I just think the Celtics, that was a terrible game plan and his ability to stay to his um, stubbornness to stick with that game plan was the downfall of the Bucks. And I mean, two, Three, three is better than two. And if you're allowing, if they, you come down, you hit a, you make a two and they come down, hit a three. And that help, it happens on four or five possessions. You're down, what, 12 or 15 right away. And I think that's too much to overcome. And Budenholzer's stubbornness, just they were done from, from his ability not to adjust the game plan and allow to take away the three 
I understand you want to protect the perimeter. That's the game plan. It has been the whole series. But if they come down and they knock down threes, you got to adjust. And the simple adjustments weren't made in game seven. And that's why Milwaukee wasn't wasn't in the game number one. And obviously they didn't end up winning game seven. So that's what I saw. Um, you, you, there, then. you know, you, you know, uh, uh, Justin, it's, it's funny that you say that because even remember last year when we were talking about the Bucks in the playoffs, you talked about that. We talked about Bud's uh, 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 drop coverage and how he just refuses to uh, refuses to have refuse to have Brooke come up. And yeah, Jay, I mean, last year, Giannis was able to just will them and just carry them and, and, and have them, you know, be able to get there. And and this year it just it just didn't happen. I mean Grant Williams and Derek White in that for earlier in that first half. I mean maybe he maybe wasn't hitting on them, but he was getting so many open looks. And then uh, and then, I mean just something else I want to allude to while, while we're talking about the Bucks and we we we've been saying this on on the pod and that's just if they really want to be a two time champion if they want to be able to get past the Celtics then their shooters have to hit man. I mean it's deep in the playoffs. Jay we said it last episode we said. We, we can't we can't keep trusting Giannis's 40 point game heroics like yes Giannis is a great player but this is deep in the playoffs one man carrying a team doesn't work JJ you just mentioned that you talked about how one man doesn't it just isn't simply enough anymore so these shooters need to need to step up man and that's exactly what didn't happen Grayson Allen looked like he forgot how to play basketball Wesley Matthews just stopped shooting Pat Connaughton had a had a one good game George Hill I don't even know what George Hill was doing out there and that just made it tougher on Giannis because if the shooters aren't gonna if those shooters aren't gonna hit the Celtics are just gonna pack the paint and really really build that wall on Giannis and make it almost absolute absolutely impossible for him to get in there man so I I, I definitely blame this on on on, on Bud I blame this on the, the 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 shooters that just couldn't get it done and Man, I mean, it, it, I really, I really wonder what would happen if Chris Middleton was there. That's, uh, that's all I would say. Because I think, I think it would have been different, though. Yeah, I think that was the big reason why. Because without Middleton, he didn't have that number two guy. Middleton was great last postseason, right? So I think losing Middleton was huge. Now they didn't necessarily need him in that bowl series because I think they were what two and zero without him, and then they started off three or four and one without Middleton. But as the you know the series progressed. You could definitely tell they need that number two option. And again, you basically in today's game, you need that second superstar, that second star to go along with your superstar, right? In order to win games and go to the next level, right? And the thing that you guys, it's funny that you guys mentioned Mike Budenholzer. If last year, if they didn't beat Brooklyn or they ended up losing in the conference finals, he probably would have lost his job last year. But since mm-hmm. he won that, he won that championship that gave him an extra year. So I think next year, if, if they do the same thing and lose in the conference semifinals or the conference finals, I don't know if he is, but I think he would definitely be on the hot seat because the Bucs definitely have that team in order to the, the Bucs definitely have that team to win another championship. And if they only end up winning one, that's going to look bad on Mike Budenholzer. So if he wouldn't have won that championship, he probably would have been fired after last year. But it is interesting that you guys mentioned Budenholzer there. And on the Celtics side, I mean, if you really look at the Celtics, like every game, someone else stepped up, right? Because you had Al Horford stepped up a few games. Uh, I think it was game four. I think I think it was game four. Yeah, that he stepped game up. four. And then, uh, you know, to, in game seven, which would have been Sunday, that was, you know, Grant Williams stepped up, right? And you just mentioned Derek White. And, of course, you have Jason Tatum, who was, I think it was on fire in, what, game six? So, like, it seemed like every player for the Celtics, one player would step up every game. And the thing about the Celtics, too, is they don't necessarily have a true point guard. Like, Marcus Smart and Derek White 
are their point guards, but technically they're not the true point guard as you think. Cause I think at one time, both of them were technically more of a shooting guard. So it was re- really interesting. And if right now, if I had to pick, I wouldn't be surprised that the Celtics won, but a lot of people are sleeping on the heat and they had the second best record this year in, in the, in the league. And they had the best record in the East. Why do you guys think that so many people are just sleeping on Miami? Jay, say it. You already know. <laughs> say it, Jay. You think it's the scoring, right? If, when you were you're thinking I, the score. Yeah, I, the, I, I think I, it's a scoring yeah. and no superstar, like how you always yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JJ. Yeah, the thing is, when I when I look at this matchup and the Heat um, and versus the Celtics, I look at both of these teams. What are they going to do defensively? They're both going to switch. And what's that going to come down to offensively? It's going to be an isolation battle. And who has more weapons? Who I, I, I look at the I, I look at the Celtics. Who do they have? They have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, guys who can get buckets in isolation. And I look at the Heat. I I, I think Tyler Hero. He, he can get his own shot. W- would I put my money? Would I bet my my house on him to get buckets? I don't know. Not at the same level or the same right as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I look at Jimmy Butler inconsistent shooter at best um he can get down the downhill but what does boston have number one their switchability but they have rim protectors and robert williams and al horford so i just think that's concerning if i'm the heat and if it's going to get into an isolation battle between the two teams boston just got simply got more weapons so i'm not sweet sleeping on on the heat but i think it's going to be a five maybe six game series if if miami can steal that game one you know it's it's just short rest, um, two, um, like two days. They play Tuesday. Um, so I think they can get one and then maybe another one. But I think it's going to be a, a short series because of the isolation battle. Um, Boston just got more weapons. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm right there. I'm right there with Justin. I mean, that's that's what we, we, we you know, not to hate on the Heat, but me and Jay, we've been saying throughout the season, like they're kind of a fake number one seed. Like we don't really feel like if they were to play a, a Bucks, they would win. If they were to play a Celtics, they, they would win. We just, we just try, not that we didn't respect them. We just didn't see that it factor in them. And I'm, 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 I'm right there with them. And then just even to piggyback and go, go, go off you, Justin. You know, you talked about it it's going to be kind of put on, on Tyler, on, on Tyler hero on those kind of players. And we're talking about the Celtics the team that had the number one defense since 2022, the team who, you know, really, who's really turned it up the team who shut down KD, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I think that if they, if they can do that, man, they're, they're, they're really rolling. And like how Jay said on the offensive end, I just don't think the heat simply have enough weapons to be able to keep up with them. But how about you, JJ? Are you sleep on them or are you awoke? At first when the seat, when the season ended and Miami had the best record in the, you know, in the Eastern conference, I kind of slept on them a little bit and I always tended to forget about him. But I think a lot of people don't like a lot of people underrate Jimmy Butler, right? I think he's a great player. I don't know if he's a top 10 player. He's probably in the 10 or 15 range, but I think a lot of people, including myself have slept on Miami. Right. And I would be surprised if they beat Boston, but with how good Boston has been right now, they swept Brooklyn and I know Brooklyn has their problems and, but they still swept Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Then they went up and beat Milwaukee, the defending champions in seven games came down from three games to two. I think this series is probably going to go six games and it's going to be a tough six games. Right. But I just think overall, as you guys mentioned, Miami probably just doesn't have enough. And this is probably not a popular opinion, but I kind of think Jimmy Butler is a superstar. I don't think it is kind of an unpopular opinion, but I do think Jimmy Butler is a superstar. But speaking of Jimmy Butler, 
Where would you guys rank him? Do you think he's more 10 through 15 or do you think he's one through 10? I mean, where do you rank Jimmy Butler among the top players in the league right now? No, no disrespect, but 15, 20, to be honest, 15, 20, maybe. I, I, I could comfortably name 10 players that I, I, I think that I take a, but I'm, I, I, I think 15, 20 is a little high. I'd say closer to, to 10, 15. Um, just, I mean, he's a, he's a two-way wing um, and he can score at a high level as well. So there's not many better players in the league who, who can do that at this, at the same level as Jimmy Butler. So I'm definitely not sleeping on the, the 15 through 20, but I'll give him the, the 10 through 15. I'm not ready to put him in that one through 10, but if they win this series, I, I could, I would, he's going to have a huge part of that. So he's in that one ten conversation for sure. And, and let me, and let, let, let me ask, you know, some, something uh, to, to, to both you guys, uh, just some kind of talk a little bit uh, off camera about this before in the past. And that's just, I just don't feel like the Miami Heat have really played any real teams yet in this playoff, right? So mm-hmm. they faced the eight seed Hawks, who was John Collins had two injuries and Clint Capella legs bent backwards in the first game. Uh, and then and then the Hawks just had had just um played the played the Hornets who, yeah, I know, you know, they 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 gave it to them, but still, you know, that that, that that's that wear and tear. Next round, they go and play uh extremely hobbled Joel Embiid. I'm not even going to say Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to say they play Joel Embiid. That's basically what happened. And he, my, my man's had a fractured face, a, a fractured thumb, a concussion, and was out there. And, I mean, the Heat is – the Heat are the worst team to be out there injured because they are going to test your injury to the max. And I, it just it, it just wasn't it. Uh, but I really am, you know, kind of – Jay said it. You know, if they end up winning this series, I don't have them winning this. I have – I have easily, to be real with you, uh, Celtics and Celtics in five. I think it's gonna uh, Warriors gonna take it in five. So are Celtics are gonna take it in five and and uh, being that being that finals. But I mean, I'll say this, man: if they take it, I definitely got. I definitely need to put some respect on Jimmy Butler's name because he is gonna have to be that uh, that heroic guy. Maybe not the only one scoring, but the leader the, the leader of that team. You know, I'm thinking t- 2020 bubble, something like that, when he was clearly the leader mm-hmm. of that team. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, we've we've definitely seen this from Jimmy Butler, right, where he was able to, you know, as you mentioned, two years ago in the bubble, which is crazy how that was two years ago. But Man. he was able to lead them to the bubble and take on a Lakers team at that time, which was really healthy. Right. And um, I mean, if Jimmy Butler can beat the Celtics, I mean, he's probably going to be put in that top 10 range, as you just mentioned. But I think it's going to be a much better series. But at the end of the day, I think the Celtics are just too strong and are just just a little bit or not a little bit better. They are a, a decent amount better than the heat because of what they can, what they have so many more options they can go to. Right. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm pretty excited about that series, but you know, you guys just mentioned the Sixers, right. And Joel Embiid was playing with through so many injuries. It seemed like, and I think he got cut technically robbed of the MVP. But before we talk about that, what are the six, do you think the Sixers should keep James Harden? And do you think they should get rid of Doc Rivers? Or do you think they should just go one more year with James Harden and Doc Rivers? I don't think it gets much better for, for James Harden and Philly and, and Doc Rivers, who's, who's holding on for dear life to that 08 title, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm forgetting what year it is. It's been so long. But, man, I, I just think that, that there, there's not for, – for James Harden's sake, there's not money – I don't think there's any other potential suitors or teams that wants that contract or him stylistically for their team. I mean, 
I'm not, I don't see a roster that he really fits in, um, fits in with. I mean, he's a, he's a generational talent, but he was, um, I should say that. And, and is he, John and I talked about it in our last episode, JJ. And that was like, is he going to, going to put it in the work in the off season? Yeah, sure. He might come back looking in shape, ready to go. Um, but in two months in, into the season, is he going to be looking the same? I don't know. Um, his track, his track record hasn't proven that that would be the case. Uh, so it's, it's concerning for me, but I, if, I, if I'm Philly, I don't really know how many options I have, but I do find some insurance and hope in Tyrese Maxey and his ability um, and his ability to step up. We didn't, we didn't mention, talk about him, but he had a great playoff run these past two rounds of first and second round. So I think I have a little bit of hope in there. And I, I, maybe if I'm Philly, I look at him and I look at um, Joel Embiid and I build around the two and then try to find another home for Harden. But I'm like I said, I don't know what who's out there in the market for James Harden. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, look, so to, to, to be real, I think that the 76ers realistically aren't aren't going to trade Harden this offseason. I think they're going to give him give him and Embiid one chance to be able to, to to be able to run it like a full season. And 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 that, and that's also what I think with Doc also because Philly kind of like came out and said like, oh, like we're we're we're, we're in full support of Doc. Like we're, we're, we're going to keep Doc Rivers and all that. But all, but I will say this, though. Harden and Embiid, this Harden, which like how Jay alluded to, and I agree, he's not going to get any better than this. We have seen the best of best of, of, the, of James Harden. We, he's not going to come down court and do anything, anything different. Um, this just Harden and Joel Embiid, this 76 team is just straight up not enough to win a championship at this level. And I understand Ben Simmons was is a dang prima donna and annoying. I'm, I'm the number one Ben Simmons hater, but you know, uh, you, you, you get, you, you deal Ben Simmons and now which was a good player, which was a good defensive player, but doesn't match up with well with Joel Embiid. And if you trade James Harden, his value is so low right now. You are basically doubling down on the L that you already took, right? Like they, 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 they took an L on the Ben Simmons and James Harden trade because this is not James Harden of Houston, like how Joel Embiid said, but now they're, if they trade him, that would be another double down on the L because now you just really have Joel Embiid out there. And yes, Jay, I mean, I love Tyrese Maxey, but just, I just don't think he's, he's there yet. Right. He's not arrived yet. And Joel Embiid, I don't know how much time, you know, he, he, he has. I, and I think uh, we, 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 you know, we kind of talk about this sometimes we say that when, when, when you have that championship window, like they, it, it could be so small. You got to do everything you possibly can to go after it. If you have a generational player like that, generational talent like that, man. So to, to, you know, to answer your question, I don't think they're going to ship Harden or or, um, or 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 Doc this season. Uh, but I am interested to see what pieces they're going to add around it because it's definitely not championship ready, like a hundred percent not championship ready. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. I don't think they have much of an option, really. I mean, you could try to trade trade James Harden, but who's going to be really interested in him? And um, on the same on the other side, if you decide to fire Doc Rivers, right, he's probably just going to go to the Lakers. So. And you really don't have an option now. I think they can give James Harden an extension this year. If I was them, I would wait and just, see, as you mentioned, see how it plays out. But again, yeah, they're kind of out of out of options right now. And Embiid played basically as good as he could, I think, because he had so many injuries he was dealing with. And as you mentioned, Tyrese Maxey is only 21 years old. So, like, he's still got time to grow and still got a few years. So we'll see what, you know, what the Sixers want to do with that. And, you know, 
I think Doc Rivers is definitely on the hot seat. He definitely has history of not being able to get it done. He had that one championship at 08 with the Celtics, and then since then he really has done nothing. So, I mean, you look at he had history with the Clippers. He couldn't get it done there. He had in Philly. He couldn't do it in Orlando either before that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, the Sixers have a very interesting offseason, that's for sure. All right, speaking of the Sixers, um, you know, the kind of the big thing that happened last week was Jokic won his second straight MVP, right? And I didn't necessarily agree with that. I thought Embiid should have won it. Now, last year, I kind of understood why he didn't win because he missed 20 games. And, you know, there were 70, only 72 games last year, so he only played 52. But he led the league in scoring average, and I was a little surprised that Jokic won it. Um, what did you guys think? Did you guys think that Jokic deserved to win it? Do you think Embiid got robbed kind of like me? Or do you think maybe a guy like Devin Booker or Giannis should have won it? Man, I think it was a two-man race between mm-hmm. Jokic and Embiid. And in my opinion, and they, that that's like what a bank robbery looks like, in my opinion, what they did to my boy Joel Embiid. That like he, I'm right there with you, JJ. He led the league in 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 uh in in, in points per game. He was a, a beast, and the story matters. The story matters. That's one thing that I'm I'm big on. The story matters. Earlier in the season, he was playing with his prima donna, Ben Simmons, who was supposed to be his guy. You know, that like mm-hmm. they were supposed to be the two Philadelphia rocking out, getting it done. Ben Simmons starts crying about whatever. You know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. But Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons starts crying. He's not there. Now Joel Embiid is basically the, the only real, like soup, like true, true uh star two player who can really get anything done on that team man so he's seen double double teams triple teams he's seen it all and yet he was still getting it done earlier in the season do we not remember when philadelphia 76ers were the number one seed when they were when they were extremely dominant and also i think something else that you know story again story matters and uh and one thing i always say is like the, the the mvp award should be given after the playoffs, it should not be given before the, play- the playoffs. Sh- it should be something that your MVP, the most valuable player, should rise to the occasion. And yeah, I get it. Um, Jokic got bounced in the first round, but you know he's going. He's fa- he was facing the team in, in the Western Conference Finals. And B, you know, <laughs> come on, man, you know, had face concussion. Uh, I mean, face a uh, fracture, concussion, fractured thumb, all a fractured shooting thumb, right? And he played through all of that. And mind you, I I, I said this. Um, when, when after Joel Embiid came back for that game three and they actually took it, the first two games they got the, the 76ers got uh, just obliterated on the glass, they got obliterated in the paint. Um, game three, what happened? Not only did the Sixers win, but they the 76ers got more rebounds and killed this and killed the Heat on the glass, and they also did not let the Heat score nearly as many points in the paint. I believe game one to two, the Heat scored 50, 50 plus points in the paint. Game three, Joel Embiid twenty eight. So I mean, it, 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 the he, in my opinion, is also someone who you could consider also for defensive player of the year. You could defense, you could consider mm-hmm. for defensive player of the year MVP. In my opinion, he got robbed, and 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 also. So I know I keep adding stuff. I just Joel Embiid is just so damn good. But look, man. Also, I think that he should he should have got this these past couple of years. The, if you if you're talking about just performance and his play, he's played like the MVP. But he mm-hmm. hasn't played enough games these past couple of years to be the MVP. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that argument. You gotta you gotta be there to be the MVP. But in the if you look at just those performances, I think he should have been MVP last season too. But yeah, shout out Jokic though, because they the, the 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 Nuggets would have been. The worst team in the league if it wasn't for him though so mm-hmm. yeah. i understand that argument as well yeah um when i and i and i hear that 
and, and I know John was a strong advocate of Embiid all year, but when I look at this MVP race, I, I thought three players, when it comes down to it, could have been deserving of the MVP this year. And that was number one, Nikola Jokic, who won it, Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So when I look at the three of those players, all of them had deserving campaigns. All mm-hmm. of their teams were, were playoff teams. Um, but where I see the top two candidates between Embiid and Jokic, where I see the difference, number one, the, the Philadelphia 76ers throughout this. Um, and I remember back to this date when they brought in James Harden, I said, this is going to affect number whether whether people want to believe this or not. It's going to affect the candidacy for MVP for Joel, Joel Embiid, right or wrong. Um, the media who are the voters and it's I, I think it's criminal and I've heard multiple players complain about this being the case that media gets to award vote on awards um, because maybe they won't like a player or they they see the narrative of similar to James Harden, um, a two to, uh, MVP himself coming to another uh, to the aid um, of Joel Embiid. And that could be the storyline there. So. I think it's absurd that the media has the impact is what I'm trying to say to mm-hmm. determine awards, you know, first, first team, this first team, that affecting contracts and how much they get paid. But going back to the MVP uh, race, I saw that was a downfall for Embiid. But then I look at jo- uh, Nikola Jokic who won the MVP last season. And what did he do this season without two of the best three players, you know, Michael Porter Jr., at leaving the season um, out with back surgery early on in the year, Jamal Murray out the complete, the whole season. Yes. They were the 60. They got bounced in the first round, but he only improved his stats um, statistics from the, from last year and the advanced stats metrics that have been determined um, and used for the past few years in the NBA to determine um, the MVP, he led the league in most of those categories. So I think that's a pretty deserving case in itself for Jokic. Um, and I just think the Nuggets were, without him, they they were a play-in team maybe. I, no, definitely not a play-in team, lottery team without him. And to do what he did, yes, they got bounced, but it's a regular season award. I mean, I, that's what we're told, right? It's a regular season award. And mm-hmm. I think he was the best player statistically, but what he did for that team to keep them relevant was just unbelievable, in my opinion. And Joel Embiid, like I said, had James Harden halfway through the season. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people did kind of forget about Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And those were big injuries. I think Jamal Murray missed the whole season uh, this year. And you had Michael Porter Jr. who played nine games. So that was a thing, too. And yes, um, you know, Jokic looked great and all. But I don't, I don't know. I just thought that Embiid should have won it this year. I'm not sure Embiid has, will have another chance to win it again, to be honest with you. Because to be an MVP candidate two straight years is pretty incredible. And to do it for the third straight year would be – the only person that really did that is LeBron. And, of course, MJ did that way back in the day too. But, you know, to do that two or three – to do that three straight years would be really hard. So, you know, I think he got robbed. But, again, Jonas or Jokic wasn't a terrible, you know, a terrible selection either. So – We'll see what happens, and you know both players got bounced, but um, we'll see what they do next year as well. Um, some other you know awards, and I wasn't really surprised about a lot of the um, a lot of what the awards were handed out. But another award that I didn't necessarily agree with was Rookie of the Year. I thought Evan Mobley should have won it. Do you mm-hmm. guys would you would you guys agree with Mobley, or did you think that Scotty Bar- uh, Scotty Barnes deserved the award? Hey, hey, JJ. Hey, I think I think that. We need to start hanging out some more, JJ. I'm with you for all of that, man. I, J, 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 uh, Justin knows, man. I'm 
big time on 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 Evan Mobley, man. Uh, I definitely thought he should have been the uh, the rookie of the year. And I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again. I think out of all the rookies, he's the most likely to be like the face of the league in the next couple of years. Like five, like I'm talking MVP running the league. Yeah, I I. I... I, at the beginning of the year, I thought Evan Mobley had a good case, a strong case, but I thought he tapered off his play towards the end of the season, kind of tapered off, not not to the level, not to a drastic level where he should have been out of the running, but I thought Scotty Barnes really just made mm-hmm. a huge impact and an imprint and was part of the, a huge reason to the success and the run that the the Raptors had late in their season um, to, to get that fifth seed. Um, and he was a huge part of that, and we saw – a huge, uh, he was a huge factor why they went down. You know, he saw he went down in game one. You know, I know this is playoffs, but the impact that he has was was evident um, in two games two and three when they didn't have him. Um, and I think that was a huge reason why I had him as a rookie of the year. But I definitely, on the other hand, I think Evan Mobley, if they would have given him the award, um, I, I could see that at the same time. You know, I wasn't strongly sold on, Scotty Barnes or, or Evan Mobley at the same time, but I think Scotty Barnes was got the slight edge in my opinion. And and and, and sorry about that, J- J- yeah, Justin. Right. Real quick, just to even you know piggyback on 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 what you're saying, and I I also like think that man Scotty could have uh, you know, definitely definitely earned it as well. And you know you talked about that um, that that leap that they took, and I think that part of the reason that the that that league gave it to Scotty Barnes is when they. They took that leap at the end of the season, they passed the Cavs. And that's what ultimately ended up putting the Cavs mm-hmm. in that playing situation. And I, and I, I, I think, I think that was huge in, uh, in the league deciding like, all right, like who's the, who's his rookie of the year going to go to, you know, Evan Mobley may be doing his thing individually, but Scotty Barnes was genuinely a big piece that helped them uh, st- uh, avoid the playing situation. Yeah. I thought the injury though, to Jared Allen was huge for Cleveland. I think that was one of the reasons why, you know, they ended up not making the playoffs at all because of the injury to Jared Allen. I think that did affect a little bit of Evan Mobley, right? But uh, again, Scotty Barnes had a great year. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, taking away from him from anything, but I just thought that Mobley was more consistent throughout the whole year. And in my opinion, was the best rookie, but we'll see what happens because really the rookie of the year doesn't necessarily matter after your rookie year. Cause you look at guys like Malcolm Brogdon, Ben Simmons won rookie of the year, and we're not even sure what's going to happen with him. But uh, <laughs> speaking of Ben Simmons, what are he didn't play at all this season did even play in the postseason do you think Brooklyn or what do you think Ben Simmons needs to do or what do you think about the future of Ben Simmons we'll just start with that Ben's who's got to get on the floor that's that's what I I think I mean both of these teams I don't think there's a clear winner you know we we look back to deadline and we're talking about you know I don't know who who won this deal who who won Philly or Brooklyn Looking back, you can say both of these teams might have lost this deal. Um, ben Simmons, just JJ, to be honest, needs to play basketball, needs to get in a uniform and be able to make an impact. And we can see if he even fits with this roster. Is Kyrie coming back? We don't know. Um, we don't even know who's going to be on the on this Brooklyn roster to start the season. Is Steve Nash going to be the coach? So a lot of question marks just throughout that organization uh, there in Brooklyn. Um, but, but, but for Ben Simmons case, he's just got to be on the floor, um, whatever mental laps and hurdles he needs to overcome dude just needs to, to play some basketball, um, and, and figure it out from, from that standpoint. 
Man, I mean, dude needs to play basketball. Jay, I got, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just copy you, bro. Dude needs to play some basketball because it, it, it's it, it's insane. I mean, I have been a advocate Ben Simmons hater for a long time. I don't know what I don't know what type of point guard you are supposed to be in today's NBA matched up with Joel Embiid and not be able to shoot. You just double Joel Embiid every time. It, it, I've been hating Ben Simmons since he's got here. Um, and and what I think honestly. I, I know it's going to sound crazy and Ben Simmons is a great, is, is a good defensive player. And yes, he can be that, be that great defender, but ultimately if you, unless you're running downhill, unless you're running mm-hmm. a, a fast break, you're ultimately playing a four on five out there. Like if you're in a half court setting, right. And that's what the playoffs is. You're, if you're in a half court setting, you're also playing a four on five out there with Ben Simmons because whoever is guarding him can Really, you know, I, th- I think back to a couple of years ago when LeBron uh, guarded Ben Simmons by literally just standing right in front of the, the restricted area as Ben Simmons was at the top of the key, ready to just wide open to shoot a three. And Ben Simmons just stood there just wait, looking for some, looking for somebody. And I mean, if that's if that's the type of person you have on your team, you're going to be playing four on five every time you're in a half court set. What's what's the point of him being out there? So I know this may sound like a drag, but I will say this. I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to be in the league for much longer because check this out. Yes, he's a great defender. Yes, he does all that. But when you're in a half court setting, four on five, does he even like basketball? Like, does he even like, does he even want to do this for real? You know what I'm saying? Like how many times have just problems after problems with this guy come up? Um, uh, Yes, he's going through something mental and, and, and for anybody, you know, going through, you know, mental stuff, like I, you know, salute and praise to you, you know, you know, get, get your help and get right. But, and, and, and I'm not the, and I'm not, you know, here to judge. You know, there's one, to, there's one that's going to come to judge us. But, but like, all of this started because Philly asked him to shoot, <laughs> and he started crying about it. You know what I'm saying, man? Like all the the Philly fans asked him to be a better basketball player. He got criticism. Once you enter the NBA, you got millions of eyes on you. Why are you crying about criticism? Giannis couldn't shoot. They were counting. They were one, two, three, four to Giannis. He didn't go cry and say, I'm going to go play in Sacramento. or I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. No, he got in the gym and got better. Mm-hmm. And then, man, like I, maybe I'm too much emotions, but Ben Simmons genuinely pisses me off. I, don't, I want this dude out of the league, dog. I want this dude out of the league. But w- w- what will Brooklyn do? You know, they, 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 they might give him a shot, you know, try to get his trade value up. But this dude is this dude is a wash for me, man. Unless he's on defense, he's useless, in my opinion. Well, oh, sorry. Were you going to say something else, sir? Well, I mean, I, I was going to say to that point, I, I, I think, number one, he should be off ball. Similar to, you know, I think of him as defensively his ability to switch, you know, guard multiple guys. I think where he's best is on ball. I think if he works on his off ball defense, he can be an all around defender, but similar to Draymond green, we saw in the Memphis series um, the impact that he can have defensively while he wasn't there for majority five, the first five games in game six, when Draymond was at his best was when he was pushing the pace. Number one, you know, getting a rebound, starting the transition that way, which we've seen Ben Simmons be extremely effective in before, but if to John's point, to your point, if he's being at least looking at the rim and looking to attack when he has an opening um, and creating that way when he has the ball, I think he can be extremely effective offensively. He doesn't even need to shoot. Um, maybe if he works on a floater, but you know, we, we jo- as much as we joke around, he doesn't even need to knock down shots and, and shoot from the perimeter to be effective. If he's looking to be aggressive and finishing like Philly asked him to be, 
um, then Ben Ben Simmons can be a force. I just need to add that little uh, caveat to his comparison. I think similar to Draymond. I, I, I love that comparison, Jay. I, 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 that's like literally what uh, I would say Ben Simmons, uh, ben Simmons is. Like, is a, he's, he's a Draymond Green. But the only thing I just want to add, and maybe if Ben Simmons is listening, uh, JJ, I don't know if Ben Simmons listens to the pod, but if he does, man, Ben, you see how Draymond Green also can't shoot? but he at least keeps the defense guessing. He'll at least throw one up. I mean, you, you, you are an NBA player, my dog. Like, I don't care what you, you, what you do. If you are going to be left wide open, like, you got to at least get them up there because you got to keep the defense guessing. Like, if the defense knows, like, I don't even need to get out there because I know he's not going to shoot. Like, uh, imagine how much, how, uh, how much easier that makes any defense. So, uh, I... I I would love it if even if, you know, ben, Draymond doesn't take that many shots. If even if Ben Simmons could take as many shots as he did, I think that would be great for his offensive game. Because, yeah, I agree with you. You know, he's 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 he just needs to keep the defense guessing. man. That's that. That's it. Ben. Yeah, I mean, especially in today's day where you have to be a good shooter. Right. In order to be. And it, we all know I don't th- I think we all know that Ben Simmons is not a point guard. Right. He's a number three or number four. And if Brooklyn really wanted to do something, they could probably put him at a number five. Right. Where you have Durant, the four. You have Seth Curry at the two, um, and then, of course, you have Kyrie at the one. And then when Joe Harris comes back, he plays the three. But speaking of Draymond Green, we all know he has a lot of confidence. But if Ben Simmons could get a little bit of that confidence, I mean, he could start keeping the uh, defense guessing, that's for sure. And Brooklyn, I think, would finally be that threat they were expected to be when you know Durant and Kyrie joined forces. So we'll see what happens there. I did kind of want to talk about, Grizz- about the Grizzlies, but I'm going to go ahead and skip that. And I'm going to ask a question that I'm not sure you guys are really – you would know yet, but – do you guys have an MVP prediction for next year? I know it's very early, but do you have an MVP prediction for next season? Man, that's that's a, ooh, that's an early one. Let me see. Hey, okay, <laughs> this might be crazy. I would say Huka Luka, man, my boy Luka yeah. Doncic. We just seen what he did out there. I think this is gonna. It is going to ignite the fi- ignite the fight. I think this his loss to the Warriors in five is going to ignite the is going to ignite him, and you, we're going to see a whole different Luca because we've seen Luca individually be who who he is and score, be able to do whatever, step back one leg, whatever you want, take it to the hoop. But I don't think he's had a taste of that. You know, I want to get a championship, and this is the closest he's ever going to get. And I think losing to the Warriors is going to it's going to do him big, man. And I, I think he's going to um he's going to. It's going to come back it's for MVP next year. I'm going to go to the, to the East, East coast. Um, and, I, and I think Jason Tatum, we, we've seen flashes throughout um, his development throughout this playoffs. You know, he's been on and off and inconsistent at times, but inconsistent in the regular season as well. But when he's at his best, he's making plays. Well, he's going to be attacked. Like if he's going to be successful, let's just t- talk about it in this, this next series. They're gonna be debate. They're gonna be baiting him, um, baiting Jalen Brown and him. Um, they're in isolation. They're gonna be. They're gonna be on an island. They're gonna have to score. They're gonna have to find ways to score. And the defense is gonna collapse on them. And I, throughout the season and development, um, I've said for Jason Tatum all along is yes, we know you can score in isolation. Yes, we know you can score in isolation. But when you're at your best, is when the defense collapses on you. You're making the play to find an easy shot for your teammates. And I think if he can take that next step and be that guy consistently, the, the best playmaker on the team for the Celtics, I, I think the sky's the limit. I think he can take that step because we've seen the flashes throughout this run in the playoffs. 
But if he can do it consistently, that's my MVP next year for the Celtics um, and for the league. Yeah, those are really both really good ones. Um, I think I thought Luca would win the MVP this year. He kind of had a slow start, but definitely these last, especially the playoffs. I think he proved proved us that he might even be a top five player right now. But uh, I'm probably gonna it, as long as he can stay healthy and he's got to come back from injury, but. I would not be surprised if John Morant won the MVP last year, right? He won most improved player of the year this year. He's got rookie of the year. You know, Memphis is just getting better. And and I do think eventually they're going to have to get another superstar similar to the Mavericks, but I would not be surprised. Of course, he's got to get healthy, right? But if he would have been healthy versus the Warriors, that series, the Warriors probably would have won, but it probably would have went to seven games. So I really like John Morant, but Luka's a good one. Jason Tatum's a good one. Um, those are all good, really good predictions. Um, let's talk about another, um, you know, Milwaukee and Phoenix are both out and who do you think has a better chance of making the finals next year, Milwaukee or Phoenix? I think Milwaukee. Milwaukee for me as well. I, I, I look at Phoenix. I, I'm not sure. What are, what are they doing with Aiden? I guess I, I, I feel like they're going to give him the back, uh, but that's a question mark. I think there, there's no doubt about mm-hmm. that, but he didn't get it done tonight. But I look at Milwaukee and I, I think they need to add another piece, though. I will say that um, we saw what they lacked. Obviously, Chris Middleton was a huge piece, but I think they need another wing defender, another three and D guy who can be that um, that 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 next piece. Because we saw Grayson Allen. He couldn't get it done. Um, yes, he could do he, he could score a bit. But if he's not on, I think where he his weakness is on the defensive end. They're attacking him at will. Um, and I think they need another three and D guy. Um, that can stay with them. Wesley Matthews is in the answer. So if they can add another piece um, and maybe another a solid scoring option there, um, a 3 and D, a wing defender, I think M- Milwaukee will be set to make another run next year. Man, look, hey, hey, if Milwaukee adds another another 3 and D, I, I genuinely do got, like, Milwaukee, like, taking the next couple of championships because, I mean, if they if they could do that, that, that – that, that would be that, that that'd be huge because I think personally they got they got enough right now. Like I think without Chris if Chris Milton was playing, they would have beat the Celtics. And I think they would also would have beat anybody in, on from on both conferences, in my opinion. I had the Bucks going all the way. Um but 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 for the Suns, like I just I want to touch a little bit on the Suns. Like, man, the Suns like that might have been that might have been a two-year window, man. Like because I mean, uh, uh, we were talking in the group chat. We have me, me, me Justin, some you know some of our homies, and one of our homies said that you know Chris Paul, like he can't be the main contributor anymore, like on a team moving forward. Like he might have to be a role player. And I, I, I looked at it as shock for a second, and I thought about it, like man, like he's he's actually right to be honest. Like I don't know if Chris Paul can be, you know, your 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 your, your main guy, uh, your, 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 I guess your two option. Um, I, I would say Devin Booker was the one option on that team. And then I would say CP three is a two option. And I don't think that, um, I don't think that if a team wants to win a championship, uh, that's a successful strategy. I mean, my, my man is about to be 38 next year. Uh, age is getting to him. Father time is undefeated. And we seen him have a horrific, horrific, um, playoff series. Yeah. Not only that, you look at let's talk about JJ John. Let's talk about the landscape of the West next year. Mm-hmm. You got Kawhi and Paul George coming back. Mm. And the Clippers, that squad gonna be serious. You got the Warriors, you know, they're coming back with Wiseman, probably get some bigs. Um, Portland's coming back. 
Um, we got we got the Timberwolves are going to reload. They got some experience with with a little run um, first round experience last year. Memphis that you already alluded to, JJ Ja Morant. He he's going to come back healthy, hungry, um, motivated. Luca is going to come back. I just look at the West and that landscape. And yes, it was a two year window potentially because the West is going to be stacked and reloaded. And I look at the East; it's going to be similar. But I just think it, it's going to be tough for the Suns, a team who was put all this energy and effort into being the top team in the West this year with a lot of injuries. I think it's going to be hard to replicate and, and make another um, run, especially like you said, John, with the, with the aging CP three um, as your primary playmaker, man. So it's concerning. And I think it's going to be definitely the bucks making it, making more favorable. I'd say to answer your question, JJ. Yeah. And you just mentioned, um, you know, the Suns put so much effort into being that number one seed I think that's true, too, because it seems like a lot of times there's that number one seed where they do so well in the regular season. When it comes to the postseason, you know, they, they're just exhausted. Right. And I think there was a few coaches that did that where they just kind of, you know, said, oh, we don't want the number one seed. Right. So that's another interesting point that people tend to forget about. So, yeah, you know, I would love to see the Suns, you know, or I would like to see Chris Paul still be the guy he is. But as what we saw on Sunday night and the last few games of the series, he just was out of gas, right? And, you know, yeah, again, he's not getting any younger. He's getting older. He's going to be 38, as you just mentioned. So we'll see with the Suns. And, you know, you just mentioned, you know, the Clippers are uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is going to be back. And I'm biased because I'm a huge Kawhi Leonard fan. But what they did two years ago, or I guess last year, they went to the Western Conference Finals and lost the Suns in six games without Kawhi, right? And this year they almost made the playoffs without Kawhi and basically Paul George only played about a quarter of the season. Once they come back fully healthy, do you think the Clippers finally have that chance to at least get to the conference finals and maybe to the finals next year? Absolutely. I, yeah, John, I mean, they, they got two of the best arguably top five um, wing players in the league and, and Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. And then I didn't even, you know, the Clippers definitely have a chance. And then we didn't even mention the Pelicans, the team who pushed the mm-hmm. Suns. Um, they're going to be getting Zion and Brandon Ingram and, and those guys are going to be hungry. So yeah, the West, but Clippers definitely um, legitimate contenders next season, in my opinion. And Ty Lue's a great, great coach at that. Let's not forget Man. that. Hey, Ty Lue is, is, is a great, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was it was this year that I I really figured out Tyler was a great coach. I'm I'm uh, I was I I I don't think that it takes much to uh to you know be out there coaching uh, the, uh that Cavs team or I don't think it takes much to be out there coaching that Warriors team. You just put all those players out there. You know I don't think you need to be the greatest coach on earth. Uh, but this year was was some of that really really proved me wrong. Tyloo uh, showed he had a lot to do with that. But um, to, to answer to answer your question, man, yes, the 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 Clippers are definitely going to be you know top of the West, but I still have a big concern at that at that big position, man. I I know that mm-hmm. they they sometimes tend to run with the Rob, with Robert Covington, which is extremely small ball five, which we actually seen the Houston Rockets try to run when um when they when they had first shipped out Clint Capella and. That, that didn't work like they were they were trying to act like they were the warriors back when kd kd was on the warriors but they forgot that they didn't that they don't have curry clay and kd right like that was that was a big thing and and that's and that's one thing that i think is gonna is gonna be huge right now for for the clippers and i think that 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 big man they really need to get a good big because i think that if you look at all the the, the dominant teams and i don't know if you guys agree that the sense 
you know, are uh, w- will be a, a top of the West, maybe not number one seed, but top of the West n- next year. They have players like DeAndre Aiden. Uh, the Grizzlies have Jaron Jackson, who he man is he inconsistent, but when he's on and with another year, it's it, it, it's good. it's going to be huge for him. Warriors, Jay knows. I talk all the time about Wiseman. Yes, he's young, but I think that guy is going to be. A, a, a future AD, to be honest, a future AD. Hopefully, he stay can stay more healthy than AD. But Jay, come on, Jay, don't do no bad that's face. AD's, that's AD, high praise that's, to a guy who hasn't played a full season. I, I can't, I can't, what, I can't say. Man, I can't, Jay, oh man, I, I don't know, man. Yet. I'm, I'm so high on. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so high on wise. Maybe, maybe I watched too many, too many. Uh, <laughs> maybe I was just watching that one Memphis game that he played in when he was in college, man. But basically, all, what, what I'm saying to you is that. Uh, Yes, the yes the Clippers are serious, but I I need to see them do it with the big man. I I, I need them see a real big man there for me to be able to throw them in there. But Kawhi and PG, that's that that's enough to get you at least second round. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm definitely excited as well. So real quick here, um, I'm assuming you guys, like I said, you guys have the Warriors and Celtics in the finals, but uh, who do you guys have winning and who's your finals MVP? I know it's a little early, but who's your finals MVP and who do you got winning it all? I got I got the Celtics winning it all. I got the I got the Celtics in seven because I think this is gonna this is gonna be a, a, bl- a bloodbath, man. And the re- the reason I got the Celtics, is I think that they're really big, man. I mean, you know, play they they got players like Marcus Smart. They got players uh, they got players like like Grant Williams. Uh, they they are a big team. They are really uh, especially at the guard position, and they're extremely good uh, extremely good defensive team. Mm-hmm. And then also on uh, to answer your other question as far as. MVP, I think that will go to our boy Jason Tatum because I think he's just gonna step up as the as like how we said in Game Seven, so, you know, kind of to wrap the like you know bring wrap the whole episode around. Man, in the beginning we talked about Game Sevens and how the the the, the, the play the best players are gonna rise to that occasion. Man, I think Jason Tatum is gonna rise to that occasion and and uh, and take that Game Seven, which will ultimately give him the the MVP. Yeah, I I, I think. Um... Yeah, it's it's so it's so far away, but I think the Warriors are going to win it um, in in six or seven. I'll, I'll go with seven in that. I think it's to be close, close, tight series. But I just think the weapons of the Golden State Warriors are, are just just too immense. If they're on, they they're able to control the the turnovers and limit them. I think there's not many teams or any teams in the league who can compete with them. Their ability to switch um, defensively and then to 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 be able to run that to a system. And then if, if you're going to attack one player, you just have too many weapons. Like I said, with Jordan mm-hmm. Poole, Clay Thompson, and then you, you have the ability to, to put Kavon Looney to match the bigs there. And then, or, or if um, you want some athleticism, you throw in uh, Otto Porter Jr. And Jonathan Kaminga. So I just think they have a lot of versatility and options um, that the Celtics will be able to, won't be able to hang up with it, but it's going to be a tough, gritty series and then they get it done it's 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 time for first if if they're able to win that series if they they're able to win the series Stephen Curry has to be the best player in that series and he gets it done the Warriors get it done he'll be the finals MVP so that's that's my prediction well and the only thing that Curry hasn't done yet in his career has gotten the finals MVP so if he got a finals MVP I think a lot of people would like or even respect him more right because he's always been kind of known to where the three championships that he won the one was Iggy and the other two times was Durant so if he can finally win that finals MVP that's going to put him I'm not sure he's definitely a hall of famer that might actually put him in the top five among all-time point cards that might be a little bit a stretch but that's definitely going to put him in the top five so 
we'll see what happens. But I think the Warriors end up probably winning it all too in probably seven games. But if the Warriors win, I think it's going to be Curry. Um, if the and I guess Jordan Poole could also win it too if he continues the way he's going right now. Um, and then of course on the other side of the Celtics do win, it's probably going to be Jason Tatum, but you know, every once in a while, there's a guy, every other game, it seems like there's a guy that steps up, you know, Al Horford, uh, Marcus smart, of course, um, you have Grant Williams who just did it Sunday night. So, but I think at the end of the day, Jason Tatum is probably going to win the finals MVP if the Celtics go on and win it all. So again, thanks again for coming on. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we uh, end the interview? Uh, I will, I will say this, um, just, just real quick on that too. I think the, 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 op, the, what's going to happen too, is there the Warriors, if they win, will have home court advantage between either the Miami heat or the Celtics. So I think that does have a factor in if the series does go seven, knowing that it'll be on home court, uh, does give me a little bit of more confidence for the Warriors in seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, JJ, thank you for th- thank you for having us on, JJ. I mean, uh, uh, we 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 had a great time talking t- uh, uh, talking hoop with you, man. Um, like we we've been saying this on our podcast, NBA playoffs is just the best time to honestly mm-hmm. even just be alive. Games ever like every every day, but right now it's getting to every other day. But man, JJ, we we really appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you having us. And for everybody listening up, man, um, you know, check, definitely check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, it, at Clutch Talk Pod. Uh, come check us out on YouTube. Come check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all of that, man. You could you, you could find us, um, you know, check us out. Come subscribe. Come come join the family, man. We just love to talk hoop, and we we, we produce in uh, two times a week, two, semi, uh, two times a week. I think it's semi, two times a week content. <laughs> All righty. Again, don't forget to check that out. Um, you know, the clutch talk. Thanks again for coming on guys. Um, before we do end the interview, it's very interesting. If the Warriors and Celtics do play in the finals, that would probably be an all time matchup because we all know both teams have been in the NBA since it started back in 1946, I guess. And what's crazy too, the Warriors won the first championship in 1947. And then you also have the Boston Celtics who have the technically tied for the most championships with 17. So I think with the 75th year anniversary, the NBA would love to see the Warriors and Celtics. So, again, thanks again for coming on, guys, and um, enjoy the rest of the playoffs, and um, have a good week.